you have your worship guide, there's three different things I want to talk to you about this united kingdom. And uh, the, the one of them is uh, the, the local church. Second one is the global church. And then the third one is the eternal church. That as a part of the united kingdom, the kingdom that we live in and the kingdom that we serve in, that, that, that there's the local church, which is the body of believers that you're connected to here. But there is another body of believers, and that's the global church. People that are all across the globe. But then there's also an eternal church. Uh, there's a heavenly city. I mean, y'all know what I'm talking about. Whose builder and maker is God. Glory to God. There is a heavenly city. And it's got some interesting stuff happening up there. Right? And then in the heavenly city though. There are those that have gone before us. How I many y'all know that, that to be absent of the body. Is to be present with the Lord. How I many y'all know they are still alive. They're more alive now than they've ever been. While they walked this planet. They see clearer than they ever saw. The Bible says that while we're on this earth. We see things like looking through dirty glass. But there comes a point when we step over into eternity. When there's no more glass. He removes the pain. And you see Things like you've never seen them before. So I want to look at and I want to talk about the local church, the global church, and the eternal church this morning. And it in the context is that we're a part of the united kingdom. So the local church is the body of believers that you're amassed with here. If this is your church, then this is your regiment. This is your platoon. This is your post. This is our Hamburger Hill. I mean, I remember that movie. And there's an assignment here and that the stakes are high. How many of y'all know the stakes are high? Now, it's interesting because whenever we talk about the local church, you know, the Bible talks about the church as being a body. You know, the Bible talks about the church as being a building and we're all living stones. And, and that all sounds real good, but we don't always talk about the church as being a military unit. But the Bible is very clear that there's military references. The Bible says to endure hardness like a good soldier. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says that we're to put on the whole armor of God. In fact, the first scripture that I gave you in your worship guide, it just says there, it says, Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 10, your first blank there is we are united to those who are among us. That's the local church. That's, that's, that's the people that are in your foxhole. Now, I don't know if you're like me, but I like, I like uh, movies where things and people get blown up. I mean, I know what I'm talking about. Uh, and I don't, not the cheesy version where like there's explosions and the people are like walking with the explosion in the background, you know, but, but more like Saving Private Ryan or, you know, Hacksaw Ridge. You know, I like those military style movies. Uh, uh, whenever I first got out of uh, high school, my daddy basically told me, he says, you can live a lot of places, but you can't live here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I had a daddy like that. He says, you can go to college, you can join the military, you know, you have some options, but you're on your own, right? There is a God and I'm not him and you better meet him. Uh, so in other words, you know, uh, it's, time for you, it's time for you to move on. Now, having said that, I was making poor choices that was putting the financial security of my family's home in jeopardy, going out and, and go, hanging out and uh, Drinking and driving, stuff like that. And my daddy said, you will not ruin and take down this house. If you're going to live that way, then we'll see you. We'll see you when we see you. Come over on Sundays, right? Uh, 
So uh, I joined the, the military. And if you've ever been in the military, it's an interesting experience. I'll never forget. I got on, I went to Shreveport. I got on the bus in MEPS. That's where they process you. You raise your right hand and you literally become property of the U.S. government. If you flee at that point and you do want to, you become AWOL, right? Absent without leave. That's what they call you. You become a piece of uh, the, the government, the United States property. And they put me on a bus in Shreveport and uh, they, they drove us in this bus and we arrived at Fort Leonardwood, Missouri at about two o'clock in the morning. And they do that on purpose. How many of y'all know they do that on purpose? All right, they don't want you showing up at like 11 o'clock strolling off the bus. No, there ain't no strolling, right? They, they get you there at 11 o'clock and the minute your boots hit the ground, you think, oh my God, what have I done? This, I'm in hell incarnate right here and the minute you get off you've got people just hollering move 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 let's go let's go and you're like it's two and they're <laughs> you know they don't care and I'll never forget they, they had this huge rucksack filled with all of your underwear and all that type of stuff and they're like grab your bag and we're all grab their bag and they're like run run and they had us run around this huge complex like three times we're scared out of our minds you know and then they're come back and they're like empty your bag and they have us turn the bag upside down and then they're kicking all your stuff they're like get it out of here get it out of here and you finally get in the barracks and you're just like, you're scared for your life. And they tell you, they're like, you're going to hate your recruiter. He lied to you. He lied to you. And you're like, he did lie. He did lie. I do hate him. I do hate him. <laughs> like, uh, listen, if you aren't walking with Jesus after night one, you meet him. You're just like, my God, Jesus, you are my all in all. What have I gotten myself into? This is horrible. And man, there's, I could tell you story after story, and it's just they're, they're trying to assimilate you out of civilian life into military life. And they're trying to renegotiate and change your priorities and what you value. And they try to bring a sense of teamwork and camaraderie, but also a chain of command that there are people that are over you, that, that they're there to make you better. And you need to, to, to submit yourself to this process because when real bullets are flying, not the fake ones that we're putting in your fake gun, but when real bullets are flying, there needs that what we're doing here is important work. So there's an element to the body of Christ whenever he says to, to put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the evil in the evil day. And he says, put on the breastplate of righteousness and the helmet of salvation and the, 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 the belt of truth and the gospel shoes and take the sword of the spirit and the, the shield of faith that these are military style Terms. These are terms of, listen, we are in a war and our enemy does not fight fair. And in the local context, the local community here, those that are amongst you, this is our platoon. This is our regiment. And we do have an assignment here. And the stakes are high. And there is rank. And there are people that are over us. And you can grow in your rank. And while I was praying and studying this week, I just felt like the Lord said, I want to hand out rank this year. This year at this church, I'm offering you rank. 
Whenever I showed up in the military, I showed up as what was called a P1. And you are, it should be peon. That's what they should. It should not be P1. They should just call you peon because that's all you are. You get one little stripe on your pathetic little uniform. That's all you get. And if you make it through basic, and I mean, I know basic is the, it's, that's the entry level. And even though it seems like hell on earth when you're in it, you, this ain't Navy SEAL. This is not the, the Airborne Rangers. This is not Delta Force. There is more specialized training for more specialized missions. There's some covert, uh, covert, covert undercover style stuff that requires some, some over and above commitment to excellence and training. That there are missions that God wants to send us on. But the main thing I, that, that he says, listen, I want to give out some rank this year. So maybe you wandered into church this morning and you say, I'm not even enlisted. Listen, you can get enlisted. But God wants to move and put some stripes. He wants to take people from a P1 to a P2 to a, uh, to, to a specialist. And then a sergeant or, or take you from, you know, a first lieutenant, second lieutenant, captain, major, getting lieutenant, colonel and colonel. You know, some of you guys, you're, you're military guys. But there's rank that God will move you through. But, but I want us as a, as a local, as those that are amongst us, for us to see ourselves. Listen, there is a hill for us to capture. There is an assignment here. And God holds us accountable to what he delivers or what he has for us. The Bible says each one of us in here will stand before God, our great general in the sky, right? And we will give an account for what we did with what he gave us. Did we, did we follow our orders? Did we go AWOL? Did, did, did we? And, 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 and you want to sometimes, you know, because whenever I was in my first few weeks of, of basic, it's so funny because, you know, the first couple of weeks, you, you don't have any interaction with the outside world, right? There ain't no Twitter. You ain't tweeting. Now, I don't know what it's like these days. Maybe you can walk around and tweet. I have no idea. But whenever I was in, and it's funny because whenever I was leaving, my daddy was like, well, I'll be glad that you didn't go when I was there. Whenever I went, they could hit you. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> so I remember being there like, oh my God, I'm glad they can't hit me. <laughs> But man, they come real close. You know, they get right, they get right there in your face. But they take these people, they take ignorant men and women who don't know nothing and they, they mold them. There was the, our most improved soldier. His name was Philip. I'm not going to tell you his last name because you maybe know him or something like that. But I'll never forget that, that they tried to teach you how to march. How many of y'all know march? Left, yo left, yo left, right. I mean, I heard that. Yo left, yo left. Yo, left, right, right. And then we would sing cadence, right? Well, poor Philip, he couldn't get this down for nothing. <laughs> poor Philip, he would be going, yo, left, yo, left, yo, left, right. And the drill sergeants would get down there and yell at his feet. Let's go. Brother, what's wrong with you, private? What's wrong? And he's all nervous. He's just like, my God, I can't do it. They would grab his pant legs and they would pick it up and down and go, left, left. <laughs> We would get so frustrated with Philip because in the platoon, if one person suffers, everybody suffers, baby. If one person's running, then everybody's running. They would, and they would assign you a battle buddy and they would tell you, they would say, your battle buddy, I better not ever ask you where he is and you not know. 
Y'all are always together. You eat together. You sleep together. You go to the bathroom together. And they use not, not as nice of terms as I'm using right now. Right? They're like, everywhere you go, you have my battle buddy. His name was Josh Fountain. That was my battle buddy. And I was connected to him. We were, we were, a, we were a unit and we had each other's back. And they instill this in you. And they instill this idea that, that, that if Philip can't march, then everybody's out of sequence. So you come alongside one another. And you help. And you encourage. And you threaten. <laughs> By God, Philip. You're practicing with him afterwards. But he became the most improved soldier at the end of eight weeks. He's out there just as proud as you could be. Just, just marching. You could see the sense of accomplishment for that young man just from marching. And by the time you get through basic, you're out there, you're singing cadence. And, 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 and cadence, I mean, I know what cadence is. As you're marching, then they're, yo, left, yo, left, yo, left, right. But then, but, then, but then we would sing our home songs. You might know what I'm, what I'm talking about. Some of y'all. Way, way down in Louisiana. Listen, we have to take y'all through basic training because y'all, y'all, y'all don't know what's going on now. This is like our worship, right? Where the people up here are going, lift your hands. Let's praise the Lord. And I was like, what are y'all talking about? Way, way down in Louisiana. I left my bed, bed down in Louisiana. And the, the more proud you were, the louder you were. And you would be watching the new recruits that are just getting off the boat, you know, out of the bus. And poor pathetic little things getting off. They're just starting this journey. And yet you've got this kind of, you, you've, there's been some stripes that you've moved into. And you have something different. Way, way down in Alabama. And people would yell out their state, right? Somebody give me a state. Florida. Uh, Florida. Come on, let's give us a better state. Let's go back to, let's just stick with Louisiana. Louisiana. <laughs> We like Louisiana. Way, way down in Louisiana. Way, way down in Louisiana. I let my baby down in Louisiana. And then they would have new people come out and they would leave, right? Yo left, yo left, yo left, right. Man, there's something about that, that, that. The battle buddy and the platoon and the team, that aspect, there's just something different about it. Why? Because there's a mission and you're not on a mission. The mission is just to survive basic training. But there will be, if, if you go into a wartime, there, there becomes a mission, an assignment. And you got you to gotta trust and rely upon the people that are there beside you. Right? So, so we are the local church. This is our local body of believers. And if nothing else, we are what? We are united, if nothing else. But how many of y'all know there is, another, there is another body? There is the global body. And those are the people that, that are not amongst us. Those are the people that are beyond us. How many of y'all know there's military bases for the United States all across this globe? But if you're on that base, you are not on foreign soul. What are you on? You are on American soul, baby. You are a citizen. If you, if you make your way into the embassy, I've prayed outside the embassy of Belgium. I was over there on a mission trip. And if you walk down, uh, Belgium, Brussels is the, is the Washington, D.C. of Europe. Or many you know, theologians think that the Antichrist will come out of, out of Brussels, out of Belgium. We were over there on a mission trip and you walk down this hundreds of embassies. And, and if you find yourself in trouble, if you make it to that embassy, you are on American what? 
You're on American soil, baby. Well, how many of y'all know that, that even though well, that, that, that we may not see our brothers and sisters, that they're a part of our kingdom. They're a part of our kingdom. And, and if one suffers, there all should be some, we all should carry some uh, responsibility and, and prayer life and concern for those that are, that, that are not here. Even though we can't see them. And even though here in America we're having peacetime, right? We're having peacetime, right? But how many of y'all know that there are people in our kingdom, in the kingdom of God, who, who are not experiencing peacetime? The report, the video that I just showed you, in fact, that's 30 uh, Egyptian, uh, they're all Christians, Right, and they're 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 about to get their head cut off. I watched the video this week where they actually march them down the beach, and they recorded it in high definition, the whole thing. And you get to listen to it, and you get to watch it, and it it it's very uh, it it turns your stomach. Right, I contemplated playing it, uh, and there's no shortage of them. I mean, you see that they have videos of they'll take 50 Christians, put them in a metal cage, and set them all on fire at the same time. There's pictures of two-year-old beautiful baby girls that they that they but, but they have the before and after of the gun in their mouth as a two-year-old just as a baby. I mean, I know the the enemy that we fight it ain't a game to him. It ain't a game to him. The American church it's it's easy for us, right? We got nice chairs, nice carpet, but there is other regiments and there are people that are on the front lines. And to them, it's more than just LED lighting and and uh, good praise and worship. To them, it's life and death. There is a global church out there of people that it's not a game for them. That they literally lay their life down. How many of y'all glad for soldiers that lay their life down for this country? Thank God for veterans. And there are people that never get deployed, but thank God for the ones that do. That go over there and risk getting blown up for our freedom. I believe there's some stripes on some people. Outside of America, right? But you earn those stripes. You earn the Medal of Honor. You earn the Purple Heart and the Silver Star. They don't come easy. And, but there will be a reckoning. I mean, I know that God, He will hand down. God is faithful. He's just. He's true. But there is this global church. But Jesus said, they persecuted me and they will persecute you. They reviled me. They will revile you. They hated me. They will hate you. And he, he, he told us this. He gave this admonition. The Apostle Paul. Uh, he, the Bible says Paul held the coats as they stoned Stephen, the first martyr in Christianity. The Apostle Paul at then was Saul of Tarsus. Now, how many of y'all know God, God didn't leave Saul of Tarsus like that? Even though he was there at the stoning of Stephen, that man got born again. He got saved. And he turned it all around. But then the Apostle Paul, if you read uh, about him... 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse number 23. This is Paul writing. He says, Are they ministers of Christ? But I speak as a fool. I am in more. I am more. He says, In labors more abundant, in stripes above measure. This is the Apostle Paul. He's saying what he's gone through. He says, he says, I've had so many stripes on my back, it's above measure. He says, I've been in prisons more frequently, in deaths often. From the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was ship shipwrecked. A night and a day I have been in the deep or in the ocean. 
in journeys often in perils of water, in perils of robber, in perils of my own countrymen. That's the worst. In perils of the Gentiles, in perils of weariness and toil, in sleeplessness often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and in nakedness. Besides the other things, what comes upon me daily, he says, my deep concern for the churches. So you take somebody that held the coats for them as they stoned the first martyr. But then he submitted himself to the process and he enlisted and he became now at the end of his life. He says, I've been through a lot, but I regret nothing. In fact, he goes on, he says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. So you have Jesus telling us. Jesus, the, the, the scripture in your worship guide, he just says in John chapter 16, verse 33, he says, these things I've spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. I mean, I like that one. Glory to God. He said, in this world you may have some tribulation, but he said, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. There's a few of the statistics that, 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 are, that are from that report. You know, I read the report of 2016. 2016, uh, 90,000 Christians were killed last year. That's one in every six minutes. I put a little timer on my phone of 36 minutes uh, for, for this morning just to help me monitor my time. And in the time that I'll speak to you this morning, six Christians will have been killed all across the globe just for being a Christian. Just for being a Christian. In the time that I give our very convenient, comfortable message this morning, six who are our brothers and sisters in Christ as a part of the global church will not be here in the next. In fact, three have already died just in the time that I started speaking this morning. Every six minutes, one of us steps over. Just out of the report, it says in China, this Pastor Baal, uh, he was sentenced in February of 2016 to 14 years, respectively, for leading a Christian congregation. In, in, uh, uh, in North Korea, it's such a closed society, it's hard to even know the, how many religious prisoners they have. Religious freedom is non-existent. Individuals secretly engaging in religious activities are subject to arrest, torture, imprisonment, and execution. So this is not just one part of the world. This is all over the world. In Pakistan, there's ag aggressive enforcement. If you're caught in Pakistan, you get 7 to 10 years for being a Christian. And you get between 600 and 1,000 lashes. How do you take a thousand lashes on the back? They basically beat you to death if you're caught in Pakistan for being a Christian. It says one, path, uh, one, one Catholic lady, mother of five, she's been in prison there since 2009 for blasphemy charges and she remains on death row. Saudi Arabia bans all non-Muslim public worship and continues to prosecute imprisoned individuals for apostasy or sorcery is what they call it. In Vietnam, they give his name, a Protestant minister. Uh, he was uh, in prison with another minister and they're there indefinitely. It says they've spent decades in prison for advocating for democracy and human rights. Adding disproportionately to the ranks are people from Iraq and Syria, which is what we see a lot. People just cutting heads off. Uh, it says if you're, if you're caught over there in Iraq or Syria, the summary of what they do to you, they just summarize it as being executions, rape, sexual enslavement, abduction of children, destruction of houses of worship, and forced conversion are all part of what this commission has found out to be as a genocide upon 
the church upon Christian. The number one persecuted group on the world easily by a long shot is Christians. Now we're led to believe, you know, it's Muslims or, you know, there's different groups in America that feel discriminated against. But the number one discriminated a group globally by a long shot is Christians. And if it wouldn't be for... It would be seen as the greatest. And they point this out. They said, if it was anything besides Christians, it would be seen as the human rights cause of our time. But how many of y'all know it's never reported on? You never see anything about it. I mean, very little is said about what's happening globally to our brothers and sisters. So, so but we're a part of a united kingdom. You say, well, why do you share all that, you know? Uh, well, because there, there's several reasons. It's good for us to know. It's good for us to know that there are other people at other posts, other locations all across the globe that have taken up arms with us for the cause of Christ. The last one is the eternal church. The eternal church are those are the ones that have gone before us. That there's a whole nother group of people in our united kingdom that are those that are in a realm that we know not of. Jacob, he saw a ladder as he wrestled with God. And upon that ladder, he said, I saw angels ascending and descending upon Jacob's ladder. How many of y'all have heard of that before? He says, I saw, I got a glimpse into heaven. I saw the unseen world. And he said, I saw that there was a connection. He actually, he says, and from me, he says, there was a silver cord that connected my spirit to heaven's spirit. In a moment somebody dies, that silver cord, that, that cord is cut, right? And we're released from this body. We are out of this world, right? Literally. But he said, I saw this ladder with angels and, and they're ascending and descending. The apostle John, as he's on the Isle of Patmos after they've tried to boil him in oil. And he gets a revelation of the book of Revelations. And he describes all of these creatures, right? These winged creatures and, and angels with eyeballs all around their head. If you read the book of Revelations, all of these different crazy creatures. How many of y'all know that's a world that we know not of? That there is another kingdom. There is an eternal kingdom. There is a heavenly kingdom. Jesus said behold I go to prepare a place for you in my father's house are many mansions if it were not so I would have told you and I'm going and if I'm going then I'm coming back to receive you unto myself I mean I know there is a whole nother kingdom but in that kingdom there are those who have gone before us and they're watching the Bible says really interesting but he actually says that that that, that they're watching in the verse that I gave you there in your worship guide it says, Hebrews chapter, uh, chapter 12, it says, do, do you see what this means? All of these pioneers who blaze the way, all of these veterans are cheering us on. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 16, I want to I give you this, this and then I'm closing. It says, therefore, we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, our inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, it's working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. 
For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. There's a whole nother world out there. There's a whole nother group. And all of us have those that we know that have gone on before us. All of us have grandmas or grandpas or aunts or uncles. But think about all of the, the people of the faith. Think about the generals of the faith. Think about the apostles of the faith. And the Bible says in the New King James, it says, See that we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses and that they are in the grandstands of heaven. And literally, he's talking about back then you had like the Roman Colosseum and they would bring these people into the Colosseum and everybody would what? Cheer. Go nuts. And what are they cheering for? They're cheering for those who just entered the arena, right? And they aren't coming in there to patty cake, right? They're coming in and they're ready, right? I mean, they, they've, they've got on a certain attire and they're coming in for battle. And he says, there's in the, in the grandstands of heaven, all of us have people up there and they're there watching us to see if we're entering the arena and how we're dressed, what we're look like, what we're ready for. Uh, I submit to you that the people that have gone on before us don't necessarily know if you got a new whip. I don't know what a whip is. Car, thank you. They may not know if you got a new car, right? They may not know if you got a new house, right? And we often say, we say, oh, well, I believe Grandpa's here in spirit. And I'm sure Grandpa is here in spirit. But what really is getting Grandpa riled up is not if you hit a home run in the t-ball game. What gets Grandpa round up in the grandstands of heaven is whenever we walk into that arena and it says they're cheering us on. Not, not whenever we get a promotion at work. No, they're cheering us on for our spiritual life. For the battles that we win spiritually. For the ground that we take spiritually. For the hill that we maintain spiritually. That's what they're cheering us on for. In the United Kingdom, in the eternal kingdom, there's angels that are watching us. There's those that have gone before us that are watching us. There's a whole nother kingdom of God that's up there. And they're tuned in to what we're doing down here eternally. So, so to end this, what's this all mean? All right, well, I'm going to read you the rest of Hebrews chapter 12 because I just gave you a little, a little, uh, a little uh, hors d'oeuvre <laughs> in, your, in your worship guide, right? I just gave you just a, just a little hors d'oeuvre. And I, I want to just go ahead and give you, give you the, the whole meal, the whole crux of Hebrews chapter 12, verse number 1 and 3. And this is in the, 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 the message version. So, so he says, do you see what this means? All of these pioneers who blazed the way. All of these, what? Veterans. veterans. Very interesting. So there's, these are veterans. These are the people that have gone on before you. They're veterans. They're cheering us on. It means we'd better get on with it. We'd better strip down and start running and never quit. No extra spiritual fat. No parasitic sins. Keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished this race that we're in. Study how he did it, because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God. He could put up with anything along the way. The cross, the shame, whatever. And now he's there, 
in the place of honor right alongside God. And when you find yourselves flagging in your faith, go over that story again, item by item. That long litany of hostility he plowed through. And that will shoot adrenaline into your souls. So what's, what, what's, what's it all about? Well, that's it. How, how, what, what, else, what else do you need to know? You're in the United Kingdom. And there's a United Kingdom. So what we do with those amongst us, it counts. Those that, that, that are abroad, what they do, it counts. Six have died while we talked this morning. It counts, right? We're down to the last three minutes. We'll end in three minutes and there'll be six that are gone. But thank God that they'll step over into the grandstands. Glory to God. The moment that their, their spirit leaves their body, they step over and now they're in the grandstands. And there is for them, the Bible says, an eternal weight of glory. An eternal victory. An eternal procession or parade for them. The red carpets rolled out. I read, uh, I listened to one lady and her husband is one of those right there that gets his head. They, they cut his head off right there on the video and set it on top of his body. And then they gloat and dance. And she says, I was so depressed whenever I knew that they killed my husband. But she says, but then I saw the video. And she says, it gave me such joy because before they killed him, I saw him. Worshipping Jesus. And I know now. He's with Jesus. She says. I, I no longer mourn. Because I know where he is. He stepped over. Into the grandstands. So they watch us. They, they watch our church services. I believe. And they see what we do. And whether it's just ceremony. And whether it's just. We do it flippantly. Or we just do it. Out of rote. Or out of tradition. Or because our wives make us. Right. They watch. And they see. And yet they cheer us on. And I believe just God's so merciful and He's so good that if you'll just participate, not perfection, but if you'll just participate and say, God, I'll, I'll earn a stripe. There's something about when you watch an ignorant little baby. He knows nothing. But when that baby pulls up for the first time, you're like... And then he falls over and you're like, that's okay, that's okay, he fell over, we're getting somewhere, pull up again. That as they watch us, just for us to be enlisted and just to be mindful of what we do locally and what we do globally, our mindset that we have a good world vision and just that we pursue Eternal things above natural things. Even when we don't get it right, they cheer us on. Get up, 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 get up. So that's why we come. We come on Sunday just to think about Jesus. Despising the shame, he pushed on for us. <laughs>